Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. My name's Chad Russell. That's Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries. How you doing today, Kurt? Good, man. Doing super. Good. He is doing super. He is Superman. He is Kurt Souter. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're twisted, dude. Ah, uh, just a little bit. But uh, in case you're just joining us, you if, you if you've listened to us before, you know we're a little different. But if you have just joined us for the very first time, thank you for listening. Uh, hopefully you're listening on purpose or somebody pointed you in our direction. But if you just found us accidentally, we are a show for men by men talking about things from a man's perspective. And we know a lot of ladies listen to and we're thankful for that. But we want to talk to the guys and and share man's stories and man's perspectives and topics that, uh, you know, are more uh, geared in the, in the man's direction. And uh, the show Solid Steps came up with that title of a show because we believe that you were destined to walk with God. And uh, you cannot do that outside of Jesus. And we believe that walking solidly in through this life, whether you're a husband or a father, no matter what it is, uh, you're not meant to walk alone. You're meant to walk with other people and especially with God. So that's like a real, you know, summation of what we're about. And uh, we appreciate you listening. So, uh, you know, Kurt and I, we were talking yesterday about I have been uh, reading or listening to an audio book on Teddy Roosevelt. He is a fascinating character. I mean, it just, uh, but I'm really intrigued by his family life. Uh, he had six kids, four boys, and all four of his boys were war heroes in World War I. He was too old to go. He wanted to go. He was blind in one <laughs> eye. He was old. He was, he was an ex-president at that point. And he actually pulled strings to get his sons to the front line. He didn't pull strings to keep them out of the war. He pulled strings to make sure they got on the front line of combat. Mm. And they all were war heroes in some capacity, uh, and one of them even, even passed away during during uh, combat. But you go back, and, and he mm. was in the Spanish-American War as a volunteer, the Rough Riders. If you've ever, that's an incredible story in itself. But the reason he had such this passion for really almost a warmongering to a point, but the reason he was so intrigued by that and driven by that is that his father, who was his idol growing up, his father was an incredible man. But the one thing he did that he regretted doing was he paid for himself to get out of the Civil War. He mm. paid for someone. And that was a common place to do that. It wasn't like he did it secretly. You could actually pay for people to get in, take your place in war. And that stuck with Teddy, and he, and he hated that. He thinks his dad should have went to war. <laughs> and you just see how that played out for his whole life. And we were talking yesterday about how every man's story of his own life almost always begins with, let me tell you about my dad. Like our fathers, for good or bad, or no matter what, it really chines, tends to change the trajectory of our life in different ways. But the great news is we're never done with the story. There's always something happening that changes that direction of our story, no matter where we go with what our dads did or did not do. And fortunately, we've got a father in heaven that is also writing that story as well. And he finishes the gap, man. Yes, absolutely. Wow. So our guest this week is uh, one of my favorite guys on the planet, and it's a, a former neighbor of 15 years, Brad Tyre. Brad, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me, Kurt. Um, it, uh, you know, it's always good to see you guys. Um, uh, you and Karn and the boys have uh, just are dear, dear friends. And so uh, thanks for coming in. You, uh, you know, Brad, you, um, you grew up in a, uh, we're going to talk about your mom and dad and specifically your dad. You, you grew up in an NFL home. Right. Tell I, us about that. Yeah, it, well, before you, you actually, your, your dad played for Ohio State, right? Right, he did. And uh, he graduated, you remember what year he graduated? 
Yeah, he he was uh, co-captains. You heard of Kirk Herbstreet on ESPN, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So Kirk Herbstreet's dad and my dad were co-captains of the 1960 Ohio State team. So, okay. so yeah, so Woody Hayes was the coach. Woody Hayes. And then, the, you know, my dad was an offensive tackle, so Bo Schembechler was the offensive line coach at the time. He went on to coach Michigan. That's when there was a, heard, the heated rivalry of uh, Ohio State and Michigan. Right, right. <laughs> so I, I guess they had a good team in 1960, but I guess Ohio State won the national championship a year later in 61. Your dad had already he was, Yeah, he was in. He'd he already was, graduated and got uh, drafted. Right. So, right. Uh, so he got drafted, and uh, he went straight to the NFL. Tell us about that a little bit. Well, technically, he didn't go to the NFL, Kurt. You know, oh, back, that's back right. Back then, there were two leagues. So he got drafted by the Chicago Bears, who were in the NFL. <clears throat> and then uh, the AFL was a separate league. Yes. And um, he got drafted by a team called the Dallas Texans. Um, Lamar Hunt was the owner of the Texans. He was one of the uh, founders of the AFL. So he actually played in the AFL with the Texans for a couple years, and they won the AFL championship a couple years in a row. Um, and then... Hunt moved the Texans to Kansas City in 1963, I think, or four, and they became the Kansas City Chiefs okay. of the AFL until they merged at some point down the road, right, to become the NFL with the AFC and the NFC. You know, primarily the, the teams from the uh, AFL made up the ASI. <laughs> Sorry, I, I didn't mean to digress. Oh, hey. No, that's a, <laughs> a little, that's history, a, little football a, history. Yeah, yeah, no, that's interesting. That's cool. So and so, <clears throat> your dad then he so he played for the Texans for a couple of years. Then he goes to the Chiefs. Well, the Chiefs, yeah, the Texans became the Chiefs. And he stayed there for how long? In Kansas City. Yeah. Well, um, until he passed away, you know. And no, but I mean, he played oh, in, in the NFL yes. how long? Um, through '75. So he actually played 14 years. 14 years total pro. And yeah. you, and you mentioned in, uh, before we even started, he was an All Pro lineman for how many years? I think eight or nine years in a row. He was lineman of the year. It, back when, the, And this is during the NFL time. In 1970, he was lineman of the year. And then he played in Super Bowl I, which was Chiefs-Packers, and the Chiefs were beaten. And then he played in Super Bowl IV when the Chiefs beat the Vikings. Really? Yeah. Let's see, was that the Fran Tarkenton years? I think they had Joe Cap was the quarterback. Okay. Wow. So, okay, so, so what's it like growing up in an NFL home? You know, I didn't really, you know, it was no different than you growing up in your home probably, right? Because, you know, your dad was farming. Yep. My dad played football. <laughs> you know, it, it, it was no, and that, so the big difference, so back then, um, back, the players didn't make the money they make today. So my dad had a job, but he also had played football. It, it wasn't until 1970 when the Chiefs quarterback, Len Dawson, was able to live off of what he earned making playing football. Really? Everybody else, like my dad, he, he had all different kinds of jobs. I mean, I know he sold insurance at one point. He had this photography business. He did all kinds of things, but they would go to work. At the end of the day, they would go to this park in Kansas City called Swope Park. They would practice, then they'd go home, and then the next day they'd get up and go to work go practice at the end of the day so it was a it was a lot different um hmm. and that was all the way through this at least i remember that in the mid 70s so so i mean he got uh you know i kind of forgot that they got paid for a while uh, or you know a, a certain amount yeah. but but for for quite a few years they had to have other jobs i kind of forgot about that oh yeah that's why a lot of those players that you know my dad would be late 70s 
they're kind of bitter, a little bit bitter, you know, because they see the money these guys are making today and it's just, you know, these guys are all beat up and, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't, uh, they weren't treated like the players are today to some extent. Um, you know, they were, you know, they got injured, they were given some shots on the sideline and get back in there, you know. <laughs> so it, it was a little different. So the, the celebrityism uh, really... It was actually that. That's that. There, there was celebrity though with it. He was my dad was really big, um, so he was the biggest guy in pro football for a couple years. He how, was, how how big was he? He was like six six three hundred, and but a big lineman back then was like two sixty five. But the big difference though was that the, the Chiefs, when the Chiefs moved to Kansas City, they um, they they didn't get traded like they do today. So the Chief, and they were out in the community, and um, I mean I know that. Lamar Hunt, who owned the Chiefs, used to send groups of the Chiefs out to different communities to talk and to promote uh, the Chiefs and um, promote football, promote yeah, the NFL yeah, exactly. And, all and, that. and they all lived in the community for a long time. So, you know, it, when we would go out to dinner um, or when we were in public, people were always coming up to my dad. Mm. You know, and they knew him. Oh, there's Jim Tyre. So. But it was common. I grew up with people coming up wanting his autograph since I was a little kid. So it was like, no big deal. It'd be like your dad's friends coming up to you or to him and wanting to talk to him. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, all these people know my dad. Right. You know, whatever. You know, he's just my dad. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So, and then, uh, and then you, were, you, you got three siblings. I do, yep. And so... Uh, I, I, to me, that's just fascinating. Growing up in an NFL home, and 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 so you, you got the celebrity thing going on, and uh, your dad's all pro lineman. Your dad retires. Yep. What, what year did he retire? He retired in 1970, and so he's still working. Still got his other jobs going on or whatever. I guess, I you know you don't even remember. You know what? I don't. I wasn't. I didn't really know. You know. I mean, he used to leave the house and come back, right? I, so, how old were you when he retired? Uh, Seventy-five. I was uh, twelve. Okay. So I was pretty old. So his last season, he played for the Redskins. So that was a little different because he he was gone for a long period of time, uh, okay. right? But prior to that, you know, um, I would go to training camp, you know, and I would stay there, you know, in a dorm. It was actually in a co- William Jewell College in Liberty, Missouri, where they would go to training camps. So I would go for two weeks and I'd be there. I'd clean towels. I was the ball boy. I was, <laughs> and a lot of the other players' sons were there too. So it was really, it was fun. It was kind of cool. Hanging out, you know? hanging yeah. out with dad. And I remember after games, I was old enough to where I, I would come down onto the field near the tunnel where they'd go into the locker room after games and he would reach up and grab me from the stands. That was kind of cool. And he'd take me into the locker room. You know, that was kind of neat. And I was always fascinated by going to the locker room and there, there were these players that were done playing football. And they were, yeah, they, had, they were smoking cigarettes in the locker room. <laughs> they were lighting them up. You know, I'm like, that doesn't look right. I, I knew, you know, at that age, that something's wrong with that. You know? uh, that was a damn time. Well, I tell you what, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. And uh, as, as romantic as that appears, things don't always appear uh, as they seem. They don't end like you want them to. And uh, there's a chapter of that story that, uh, that happens, but a new chapter begins. And, and Brad will talk a little bit more about that. And uh, we'll hear more about his story and his journey as a man on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell, Kurt Sutter. And uh, we were talking in the first segment about uh, playing in the NFL. 
uh, our guest Brad Tyre and his uh, his dad Jim Tyre was uh, a, a all pro lineman in the NFL and uh, they were talking about how much money they made back then. Well, if your money and your financing needs to be a little bit uh, directed and taken care of, you need to go to Eldon Credit Union. They'll take care of your finances. They are a local lender and established uh, company in the community, and they are a great sponsor of our show. We also want to thank Bright Star Home Care. They are a great company that if you have needs and you've got loved ones and you want them to live in their home, on their own, dependent to be dependent, independent, and not dependent on anyone else. They help in that transition and, and help those folks. So LNN Credit Union and Bright Star Home Care, we thank them for sponsoring our show. So Brad, uh, you, you grow up in this NFL. you got some celebrityism going on, and uh, your dad retires. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, so he's got this really s- stellar career, but then things really went south. You, uh, you're growing up, you're, you're a teenager, and uh, tell us a story of what happened. Well, um, I guess I really didn't realize things were going south, right? I mean, I was just a kid, a nor- right? I mean, just yeah, a normal teenager. Yeah, I was just doing my thing, and he, would, he was doing his thing. And I know he had different jobs, um, you know, after he retired. He did have one kind of venture that um, I th- that I think would have been huge, but he was a little before his time, and I think someone took advantage of him. And I think that that was kind of a common theme, I think, looking back. I think he got involved with some people, and um, I think he was maybe too trusting. Um, but, um, yeah, so he, he, was, he was working, and I'm going to school being a kid, and, um, you know, so he... You know, he retired in 75, and uh, so um, we actually had to downsize. So after he retired, we moved out of a f- pretty nice house, um, and we moved into a rougher part of Kansas City. You know, we almost moved into this apartment complex, which, or in a sec- which was kind of eye-opening to me. But we moved in this other, to this other place that um, it was a tougher neighborhood. You know, and that was when I was in sixth grade. So that was 76. That was a year after he, uh, he retired. Um, and that, you know, that's where we lived. And um, so fast forward to uh, September 15th, 1980. Um, he'd been out of football for five years. I was, a, uh, I was a junior in high school, just starting my junior year. Um, Sunday night, actually my parents that day had gone to a Amway meeting, convention in Kansas City came home and that evening um, I think the guy that was trying to get them into Amway was there and they were doing their thing and um, you know we went to I went to bed that night actually yeah I went to bed that night Um, actually while I was getting ready for bed that night I'm measuring my biceps and my you know I'm trying to get big right I'm I was playing because you, you were football. playing because you were playing football. Yeah, and I'm like I, I, I was working out, you know, and this and that, and so he comes in and kind of interrupts me as I'm kind of charting my progress, right? Which wasn't very much, but <laughs> and he and he basically has the talk with me like you would have with um, your son if you knew you were never going to see him again. But you know, it was so um, it was so out of left field, and. You know, I was kind of just, it was just, I didn't really understand it, you know? And, but he was like, you're a, I want you to you know, take care of your family and blah, 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 you know? 
it was it was kind of a weird deal, right? So I didn't really catch it until the next day. I realized what he had done, right? So I went to bed. Um, my my older sister was away at college. Um, my younger brother and sister for some, I shared a room with my brother for some reason. He was in a different room um, that night, um, and, and you know it was about three a.m. We lived by the highway, a loud highway. It was September. Um, we didn't have the AC on probably trying to save money, I guess. Our windows were open. It was loud. Uh, two families lived in the house next door to us. You can hear them every now and then fighting. Um, but, you know, I woke up in the middle of the night to a gunshot. You know, I just woke up, and I just opened my eyes, and I was frozen, right, in my bed. And then I heard a, um, a screaming, and I recognized it to be my mom's voice. And they, they're... My, the, my head was up against a wall that was next to their bedroom behind my head. So I heard, you know, her screaming, and then another gunshot, and her, the screaming stopped immediately. And I'm just frozen, laying there, listening, and I could hear my dad walk across the floor of the bedroom, and then he made just a crazy scream and another kind of muffled gunshot. And I could just, I knew that he had just fallen to the ground, right? So um, I was still kind of confused, thinking, wow, is someone robbing us? Is it, is that what's going on, what I think is going on, you know? Um, and I was just frozen, you know, in my bed. And my, you know, I didn't hear my brother and sister. Um, but anyway, um, finally, came out of my room when I opened my door they opened theirs we met in the hallway and you know we we could see and you know we looked into the bedroom and you could see what had happened so I got him downstairs we called the police you know ambulance came and um you know when they got there my parents were dead and um that was that you know I remember you know my my grandparents uh, had moved to Kansas City a couple years prior we called them. They came down. Uh, they lived in North Kansas City, so it was about forty-five minute drive down to where we lived in the south part of town. And uh, you know, actually, that that morning, then my grandpa and my dad's best friend and I got in the car and we drove to, to uh, Columbia, Missouri, which is about two hours away, where my sister was at college. And uh, we went up to. She was living in an apartment with some friends and we, uh, we we pulled up to their apartment, went up to the door and we, we knocked on the door. You know, this is before cell phones or anything and we didn't call her, it was kind of too early. And she opens the door and it was kind of, I remember just smiling at her like, hey, you know, because I hadn't seen her in a while, you know? And and then my dad's friend kind of, you know, your dad, he, your daddy did it. Your dad, and she was like, "What?" Oh, you know, man. and it was really confusing, you know. And um, it was that was that was really tough to see, you know, to deliver that message to uh, your sister. Yeah, and you know, just watch her go through the emotion of trying to process that of seeing you and thinking, "Wow, my brother's here to visit me, but he's not here to visit me. He's he's here to tell me." Um, a horrific story of your mom and dad passing away. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, like, we were like, get your stuff, let's go. We're going back to Kansas City, you know. And she eventually she she didn't go back to college, you know. But um, 
Yeah. I mean, I would, you know, how do you, we had the funeral a couple of days later and, um, you know, after the funeral, everybody came back to our house. It was really crowded. I mean, you know, I talked about Lamar Hunt earlier, you know, he was like, he's still, you know, his family still owns the chiefs, you know, Lamar and his wife were there in our house, you know, and they're trying to, you know, console us. It was very nice of them to be there. But, um, you know, it was just packed and, uh, you know, it was like, this is just kind of too much, you know, it's um, a lot to process for a teenager. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I think I've, I've told you this, Kurt. I remember I went out on the back patio um, and sat down and was just kind of, you know, feeling sorry for myself, you know, and it, you know, and um, it was like someone hit me in the, in the head and said, come to man, you know, you've had great parents for 17 years. You know, you have nothing to be sad about. You, know, you got to get on with your life. And, and that, that, and that's basically what you did. Yeah. You, I mean, you kind of picked yourself up and helped your siblings and you you really didn't even grieve much not really i don't think you know we we actually went to uh, as a family the four kids went to a counselor once and we came out of there and we're like this is ridiculous you know <laughs> and we've never we never that was it you know so um i think we you know I think we, we all are kind of process, we process, process it uh, individually. Um, but my sisters and my brother um, are all, you know, successful members of the community. You know, they've all been very successful. Um, spiritually, they're not where I am. Um, and this is another thing I kind of struggle with because right after that happened, it seemed like God singled me out and... Um, you know, kids from Young Life and, um, you know, FCA and all these kids just kind of came out of nowhere and were coming at me. Um, it didn't happen to my siblings. And my younger brother and sister were maybe too young, right? They were like 10 and 12 or something. But um, and then I got involved in some Christian things and, uh, you know, ultimately, you know, was shared the gospel at a skating rink one night, you know, and... Um, I understood what it was all about, you know, and I, I understood, but I'm like, mm, you weren't yeah. were ready for it. No, you know, it's not like, that doesn't sound like much fun right now. Now, now fast forward a little bit, um, because uh, you, you then finished your high school career playing football, and you launched into a career at Nebraska in the heyday of, you know, Tom Osborne and uh, the, the Nebraska days, and we're going to... We want to hear about that, but we got to take a break real quick. Yep, we'll take a break. Hear about uh, Brad's journey playing f- big time college football in Nebraska and how that still didn't fill the void that he knew he needed to fill. So we're going to hear more about that story here on Solid Steps Radio. 